Welcome everybody to Worst Take, the San Francisco 49ers edition. I am here today with another Worst Take pod member, Makana Johnson, and he is a Ravens fan. He has a Ravens show, but today he is joining me as a co-host, and he's going to kind of rebuttal my argument of the episode. Um, so today's episode is going to be talking about the Niners having a potential dynasty, and the dynasty I want them to to be compared to is that of the Patriots. Now, before I get into anything, I don't think the Niners are going to win six Super Bowls. I don't think they're going to have 20 years of success. But when we think about teams in the NFL right now that are going to be good for a long time, and obviously both these teams won the Super Bowl, but it's got to be the Chiefs and the 49ers. Um, And there's a lot of factors that are in play in being good for a long time. The other team that I might consider being a top team would be McConnell's Ravens, but McConnell can't attest to this. McConnell, what's your kind of thought on Lamar? Lamar is a fantastic quarterback, but Lamar's not playing into his late 30s or anything like that. It, this is a short-term, maybe like seven, eight years tops type of franchise or legacy that the Ravens will have. Yeah, so what I'm kind of talking about these dynasties, usually you're not going to have a group of players and just tear down and change how everything's ran. The reason that the Patriots were so good is because they did what they did so well for so long, and they're in it every single year. Um, the Chiefs, the Chiefs could definitely be a team like this, but I think that the that the Niners are the team of the NFC. Um, and the first thing I want to hit on there's there's four points I have, and then McConnell's going to hit you with his rebuttal of why this won't happen. And the first thing, but the first thing I want to talk about is how good the 49ers are at being financially flexible. This is a team that just traded away DeForest Buckner. Why? Because DeForest Buckner's value to them wasn't worth the $20 million. And this might hurt them next year. But what did they do to change that? What was the benefit of keeping Buckner? So they, or trading Buckner, sorry. They trade Buckner. They trade away that that massive contract extension he got with the Colts. And I wish Buckner a ton of luck. He was he was fantastic. I wish I hope he has a great career. But in return, they keep Eric Armstead, who last season led the team in sacks with 10. He's a late bloomer. People don't think he's in the stratosphere as Buckner. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people in the 49ers front office that think he is think he's more valuable. He plays edge and he plays interior. He's so he plays more positions than Buckner. And in addition to that, they keep Jimmy Ward, who is their starting safety, and there's a lot of questions around Jimmy Ward, but they get to hang on to him. Not a, so that you know that's stopping change from happening. And they draft a guy in Javon Kenlaw at 14 overall with the pick that they traded Buckner to replace him. To replace him. So there's not many teams that do this. Now, it's one thing to never pay your player, like that doesn't work. Any 49er fan knows that. We had a, I don't know if you're familiar with him, Makana, but Trent Balk, he was against paying players in free agency, and he wouldn't sign guys. <laughs> and there was one season when the Niners had, like, the most cap in the league, and he signed Zane Beatles, who was a terrible guard. That was, like, the, the, the big signing of the year. when It just made no sense. So that's not what I'm saying is to not sign guys. But they sign guys, and they're financially flexible. 
One guy they trade for, D Ford. They trade for him going last year. D Ford is a very good football player. He is probably the best speed rusher in the NFL. Now, he's kind of a one-trick pony. He only plays on passing downs. However, he signed to a massive contract, right? Well, they can they can cut him after this year if he doesn't if he's not healthy. Um, another guy, Quan Alexander. They sign him, right? They restructure his deal. They realize, hey, Quan, you got hurt. You know, you did this. They restructure his deal. And the, the p- players are accepting this type of stuff. Now, we might see one with Kittle where Kittle gets paid a ton. Well, guess who the, the Patriots paid? They paid Gronk. Now, they're not going to pay Gronk as much as they did Kittle. And you, I'm not going to get in that comparison because Gronk got paid in 2011, so it's hard to really compare the contracts, hard to compare those markets, you know, nine years later. But the 49ers are always put in a position where they can they can move on from someone. And that's something that a lot of fans don't really like look into. I'm a I'm a finance major. McConnell's also a business major. He's marketing, but you know, he he's not a fool about the finances. <laughs> and like we we see wow, look at that. That's a smart team. Now the Ravens. The Ravens are another team that does this. There's a lot of teams that do this. However, there's a lot of teams that will be good that won't do this. And I would say the Niners are one of the top five, if not top three, at being able to just change, you know, cut a guy and move on and find a guy to replace him. They, they do it so well. And that's why the Patriots roster, it might not have all these crazy guys, but they're plugging and they're plugging and playing guys that are good at what they're asked to do. And they play their roles to the, to the maximum potential for the value that they have as a contract. So the reason I even got into this today was because I was watching the Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl, of course, the famous Malcolm Butler interception. So let's think of some guys that were really good on that team. Chandler Jones, who is one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And if you don't believe that, you got to watch the dude because he is an absolute nightmare for offenses. They trade him away. They, trade, they get rid of Malcolm Butler. Why? Malcolm Butler, when he left, he was playing well. But his contract was way too much. Look who they signed after they let Malcolm Butler walk. Stephon Gilmore. So, And then look what he turns into. The Defensive Player of the Year. They know exactly what they're doing. They know when to move on from players. They know when to keep players. They, know, they just understand the value of contracts. And that's something that the Niners front office does really well. Um, that credit goes to Prague and Rate. Um, I don't know if you know who that is, Makana, but he is an absolute financial genius, and he does it so well, so well. So, they and they're even tight for cap right now, and they're still getting Trent Williams. You know, they're still just acquiring players left and right that are difference makers, and it's so impressive. And they're retaining difference makers, and they're letting guys that they think are that the the market's overvaluing, or they're not worth it in their role, like a Buckner. Like, they're just letting those guys move on. They're moving on from them. And that's something that the Patriots do well, and that's something that a lot of teams are afraid to do. So the second thing is the coaching. Now, Bill Belichick is an absolute fantastic coach. He is the best coach of all time. So I'm not saying that Kyle Shanahan is on par with Bill, with Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, he's proved his greatness. I brought up that Super Bowl. There was a play in that Super Bowl where they get Gronk lined up on the outside, and they get K.J. Wright matched up with him in man coverage. Easiest touchdown I might have ever seen in my life. Gronk toasts K.J. Wright and then just goes up and gets it. Easy six. Easy six. And Bill's done this for years. Um, not to mention he's a fantastic defensive coach. Bill really does it all. But 
his former GM, Scott Paoli, and I don't know a ton about Scott Paoli, so maybe there's a lot of people that, you know, think he's an idiot or whatever. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. But I do know that he won three Super Bowls with the Patriots as their GM. And maybe Bill was the true GM. I'm not sure. But he's a guy that's close to Bill. He was close to Bill for a long time. Paoli said last season that Kyle Shanahan, this is his quote, he's as close, and this is an unfair comparison for Kyle, he's as close to Bill Belichick as anyone I've ever been with. End quote. That is huge praise. That is absolutely huge praise for Kyle. Now, that may be a little bit too much praise, and even purely mentioned this. But Bill Belichick and Kyle Shanahan have a relationship. They are good friends. Bill Belichick isn't good friends with, with bum coaches. Like he, The reason he likes Kyle, he likes Kyle. There's a reason that he traded Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots. And, I mean, to the 49ers. That's a whole different story, and there's a lot of there's a lot of information about that that's been leaked. But basically, Belichick wanted Jimmy to succeed, and he he gave him to the Niners for a second round. Or, I mean, it, it was just it, it's a very interesting topic. I don't want to get into that right now, but they have a good relationship. And if I'm looking around the league, going, okay, who is actually a guy that can put together a dynasty that can be as good of a coach as Kyle, as as Bill? It's Kyle. It's Andy Reid. It, there's a few guys. There's a few guys. Sean McVay a couple years ago was getting a ton of praise. Sean McVay like, was a coach under Kyle Shanahan. Like He runs the same stuff he does. There's Matt LaFleur of the Packers. He runs the Kyle Shanahan offense. There are so many guys in the NFL right now that are running the Shanahan scheme. And there's a reason. It works. Now, the funny thing about it all is, yeah, you have all these guys running the scheme. They don't even know how to do it as near as Kyle, as well as Kyle does. You look at how Kyle's built this roster. He goes, okay, we're going to run the ball down your throat. So who do they have? They have the best run-blocking tight end in the league, and they have Kyle Juszczyk, who is widely known as the best fullback. So if you have the best tight end and best fullback, I don't know of many teams that have built their their strengths on tight ends and fullbacks. Seems weird. Fullback's supposed to be a dead position. Yeah, Kyle doesn't think so. And so what does he do? He acquires the best guy for a price that's not that expensive. Um, and, and that's just what he does. He's he's so smart. And, and there's not many guys that, be, that can be compared to Bill. And I wonder what... I really wonder... Um, I'll ask you this, Makana. Out of the guys that can be compared to Bill, if you ask Bill who's the guy that is, like, you, you think is the best besides you, who do you actually think he would say? It wouldn't be a coach in the NFL. Who do you think? You think it'd be Saban? It would be Nick Saban. Okay. Would be the and coach. That's, and that's and that's But in fair. the NFL, you think it would be, be Shanahan. See? Yes. And that's, there's some other guys, you know, we got Sean Payton, we got Andy Reid. I just don't think, uh, Kyle's a very young coach. That's the other thing. He's 41, maybe? I don't know. He's right around 40. He he just has so much potential. And, and like, he's shown how good he's, he is. He's basically bred to be an NFL coach. You know, his his dad is a Hall of Fame coach, Mike Shanahan. I believe Mike and, and Bill worked together for a long time. Um, so just huge praise that Scott Pilly said about Shanahan. I, I really believe that that Bill is a guy that completely believes in Shanahan. I know that he called him after the Super Bowl loss, and, like, they're close. Like, he talks to him a lot and stuff. So, so that's my second part, because not many teams can say, oh, we have a coach like Kyle Shanahan. The third thing. And this isn't as big as the others, but one of the biggest reasons that the Patriots were so good is because they dominated the AFC. 
Yes, they played against some good Manning teams. Yes, they played against some good Ravens teams. But for the most part, they controlled those teams throughout their their tenure there, their dynasty. They were they were in the Super Bowl nine times. Six and three. Nine Super Bowls. The the Niners just lost one. But they walked through the NFC easier than I've I have seen any team do in quite some time. Can you think of anything like that? Just okay, we're just gonna dominate the Eagles. When the Eagles got to the Super Bowl, they dominated. I believe they struggled a little bit in the wild card or the first round, but when they played, I can't really remember who they were playing. I think they played the Vikings or something like that, and they won by like 40 points. Like, But that's the only kind of team that I can really think of in recent memory that's dominated like that. And the, But the, the difference is the Niners, the Niners played the Vikings, and it, it was one of those matchups where you're watching it, and you're like, like I was at, I was at both the games. The Packers game I was a little bit more afraid of. The Vikings I, I just wasn't that afraid of because Kirk's their quarterback and he can't move. If you can't move against a pass rush, like it's going to be pretty tough. So they have they go up against the Vikings and like I believe they're up ten seven in like this end of the second quarter, and it was kind of like they're in full control of this game. Like they're not going to lose because they're not as good, and and they just cruise through the playoffs. So looking forward to like talking about a dynasty, like you got to be good for you know eight years, ten years, right? So for a long time, you got to be like the best team. Who's who do you think, McConaughey, are teams that are better than the 49ers roster? Right in, now, in the NFC, only NFC, only NFC roster today. Is it, I think it's only the Saints, off the top of my head. A couple other teams could maybe be in the discussion, but I think. The only clear team is the Saints. Yeah, so so I think that there's a lot of Niners fans out there that think that our roster is a lot better than the Saints. I disagree with them. I think that the Saints have a better roster. However, let's look at what's happening with the Saints. Oh, that's right. Their quarterback almost retired, and he's going to he's almost 100% can retire after this season. Um, that's Sean Payton. I think said like, yeah, he's coming back for one more year. Like he basically said like, this is this is Breeze's last year. Um, so. They have question marks at quarterback. Like you don't want to have question marks at quarterback, and and so like that. If that's the team, the other teams that that come to mind are like that scare me. Probably the Eagles. Um, you could say the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks have that good of a roster. Obviously, they have Russell Wilson, so anything can happen. They play the Niners in two very tight games. I think the Niners. The Niners basically didn't play their best. They had some weird stuff happen in those games, but I felt that the Niners were controlling the, the game in both those matchups. I just think that they're they're a lot better than them. Also, the Seahawks, Pete Carroll might retire soon. That I mean, Pete Carroll is very old. I think he might be the oldest coach in the league, maybe besides Bill. I, I'm not sure, but I know that Pete Carroll is one of the oldest coaches in the league, so that's a guy that could retire. Um, so in the NFC, like I don't really... And obviously, like quarterbacks can get drafted and whatever. But when I'm thinking of guys of ascending quarterbacks with good teams, Carson Wentz, Kyler Murray, and I don't really see anyone else. Obviously, there's some young quarterbacks. You know, there's the Haskins, the Daniel Jones. I don't see those guys competing with a Niners squad, at least for a long time. What do you, what I do can't you believe you left out Dak Prescott in the ascending quarterbacks. While he's not on the level of Carson Wentz. I think right now in terms of quarterback play, he is pretty much even with Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe Jimmy's slightly better, but in terms of ascending roster, the Cowboys have a very good roster. 
got a new coach. They've got great pieces. And maybe Jerry will retire soon, and that'll help the Cowboys out. <laughs> like they're they're a team that can, and probably will end up being more successful because they just they're like the 49ers they're a winning franchise in terms of historically it's been a while for the cowboys about 25 years but they're they're, yeah exactly they've both want to get back to that level and they both have very good rosters um pretty good quarterbacks um pretty much top 10 very borderline top 10 quarterbacks um, with great run, g- great run games, but that that's kind of the only other team that you yeah um, didn't so mention. The Cowboys. This is the year where, if Dak Prescott's not an MVP candidate, then there's going to be some serious question marks. Not to mention they have a lot of contract problems in Dallas. That's why I just don't see them quite on level. I'm sorry, the Eagles, the Eagles organization is way better ran than the Cowboys. Um, and I know that might it might piss off some Cowboys fans, and, and my uncle's a big Cowboys fan, and like we don't really we don't even really talk that much shit about the two teams, but like that's just how it is. The Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, it's a lot better than Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy. Let me tell you, that is a lot better. Not to mention, I'm ta- I talked about financial flexibility earlier. The Cowboys are not in a position where they are financially flexible. They just let Byron Jones walk. You know, they're letting guys walk. They're, they signed Amari Cooper. They signed Amari Cooper before they signed their quarterback. The Niners didn't do anything like that. The Niners signed Jimmy. They extended him. They extended him a big contract. I love the contract personally. Um, but they just, I don't know. They, they really, I don't see a situation where the Cowboys should beat the Niners on a neutral field. Where I could see, I would be much more scared to play a team like the Eagles um, the Saints next year. The Saints next year is by far like them and the Chiefs are the two teams. And I'm like, okay, like let's try to avoid those teams. <laughs> um, but I don't know the Cowboys. I don't. I don't see why the Niners would be in a position to lose to the Cowboys at least in the near future. Maybe something crazy happens. But if you're paying Dak Prescott like you know fifty million dollars a year, apparently he's asking some close to that. Okay, not not really fifty, but like thirty five or whatever. You know, he's asking some absurd amount of money. And like you said, he's borderline top 10. He's a very comparable player to Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's fair of of what they bring to the table. Maybe not the exact, exact tools and whatnot, but their um, production, you know? So I just think that their opportunity in the NFC is similar to that of the Patriots. And I really think that they're going to be a team that you can plug and play, guys. Um, the last thing I want to hit on before I let McConnell do his rebuttal is the scheme similarities. Now, they're not exactly the same. You know, the Niners are a run-heavy team with explosive playmakers and whatnot. But the thing, there's there's two parts of this that are a big deal to me. And me and McConnell talk about this a lot of, you don't want a star receiver. Why? Because then he demands the ball and it affects the offense and they don't win. Star receivers do not win. We've talked about this a lot. I think we've talked about this on our on the Worst Take pod, the, the main pod of the network. But it just doesn't it doesn't work. And the Niners have a ton of receivers. Um, last week I was on here with Mason, another Worst Take member, and we were talking about the Jimmy Garoppolo's playmakers. There is a ton of guys, ton of depth in that room. At wide receiver, 
And the thing about it is that you can plug and play guys, and they can be productive. The Patriots did that throughout the time. You, you know, they talk about, oh, well, they had Randy Moss. Yeah, they had Randy Moss because Randy Moss was, I believe, he was coming off the Raiders team, right? Yes. Af- off of a, and, you know, like, it's like not a, he's not, I'm not sure how much he made, but he's not, he wasn't looked at as, like, as good as he was when he was on the Vikings. You know, he's coming off, oh, this guy's, like, career is falling apart a little bit. And then he immediately ascends back up with an organization like the Patriots because they play him to his strengths. Their schemes are so similar because they can just plug and play guys. And one thing that I've always thought about the Patriots is, oh, that, that's that team in fantasy that you do not want to touch their running backs. Well, the Niners are the same way. You know, you have, oh, let's have Tevin Coleman go off for four touchdowns. Oh, look at that. Tevin Coleman's going to be almost a non-factor for the rest of the year. Oh, look at Matt Breida balls out for a few games. Yeah, he has a fumbling issue. So guess what? He doesn't even barely play like the last three months of the year. Um, and they just plug and play, guys. Who's hot? Okay, you're gonna get the you're gonna get the rock. Debo gets hot, you're getting the rock. You know, it's very just put you in a situation. Guess what? Shanahan will tell you. Yeah, if you get open, uh, there's a we were talking about this a little bit before. There's a play with George Kittle where where he's like 60 yards away from any other play in the field, and George Kittle was on a, a podcast and he was talking about. Yeah, he uh, Shanahan actually told me the only way you don't score a touchdown on the on this play is if you trip on, over your own feet. Told him that the, like in when he was going over film the week before. That's how plug and play their offense is. Where and obviously you don't replace a guy like George Kittle. That's how he's going to get signed. But so many of these guys you can just put in and they can be productive and they can they can fill these roles without having to pay these playmakers a ton of money. And George Kittle's different, and I already said that. That's how Gronk's different. You know they pay those guys. A guy like Edelman. Edelman stays stays in New England for a long time. Why? Because he signs a team-friendly deal. That's a big part of this. So, and then the other thing. The other thing that I think is super important is how Jimmy Garoppolo is similar to Tom Brady. Obviously, Brady's the GOAT. Not saying that Garoppolo is as good as Brady or whatnot. But they play very alike. And you see these things that Jimmy does. Jimmy likes to attack the intermediate and short area passing game and being very accurate. He was a 69% passer last year. That's very, very good. That's what Brady has made a career of. Just, we're just going to move the ball slowly, slowly, and then, like, we'll hit you with a couple deep passes. Not out here slinging the rock. You know, they don't have super strong arms. Brady has a, de- a better arm than, than Jimmy does, but, but like, Jimmy has a solid arm. Um, and, and these guys, they use the field. They they have short passing attacks. They run the ball. They utilize their running backs to their potential, and they sub out these playmakers. You can have, you can just keep subbing out these players, and that's what's made the Patriots so scary. That's where they can just win and win and win because you just plug and play. Um, McConnell, what's your kind of thoughts on those those things I touched on right there? Um, I like the argument. Um, the first kind of thing I want to bring up is you mentioned the fullback. Kyle Juszczyk, former Raven. I love Juice. I love the Harvard man. But if you look at the successful teams in football, and if we're comparing them to the Patriots dynasty, who have the Patriots had the last while? James Devlin, premier fullback. Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Who have they had for a while? Anthony Sherman. Ravens, best running attack in football, arguably. Who do they have? Pat Ricard, premier football players. Who else uses fullbacks? Most teams don't use them, and most teams don't succeed. So I like that point. The other point you brought up is is being able to plug and play guys. And the thing that benefits all of those is statistically you won't be as good 
on the Patriots dynasty when you're being in that system as you are when you go out for your, your solo career, as we may say. Like, we look at Chandler Jones, and he led the league in sacks last season. But when he was on the Patriots, he was about a nine-sack guy on the Patriots. But he was a premier player in football. Everybody knew that. Or at least Patriots fans knew that. They just didn't need him to be the Chandler Jones that dominates in Arizona today. But then, and, look at those defenses. Look at the difference of them. You know, and, and that's, yes. that's your point. You know, is that... Exactly. That Chandler Jones can get nine sacks from the Patriots, and it's way more valuable to to his team. It makes them better than being in Arizona on a crappy defense and just racking up sacks. Definitely, it's going to be the same thing. I think with being able to plug and play Kinlaw, very similar to a guy like Buckner, very very dominant down at South Carolina. I'm, I'm going to be very excited to watch them play, and their whole defensive line in pass rush is able to just work together where if you have three of those guys if you put a fourth guy on the d-line they're going to be able to produce i don't care who it is i don't care how bad they are they will be okay when you're playing alongside armstead buckner d ford if they throw him in if it's a passing situation um it that that's going to elevate all those other players around them playing when you're playing with sherman you're going to be elevated when you're playing with, um, yes, playing with Bosa will definitely elevate you. Like their their team is so be- is benefited so much by the players that they have at their disposal because they Sh- Shanahan knows exactly what he wants, Kyle knows what he wants, and he goes out and gets it, like he did with Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people, we were sitting in the draft party. We were like, they're going CD Lamb. And then they went Kinlaw, and then we all were like, you know what? It's a better pick. Yeah. And, it's a better pick. And I was fully on board with the Kinlaw pick. I was stoked about that. Um, it's funny, you bring up how Shanahan knows what he wants. There was, I'm not sure who it is. I'm not sure who the guy is, but there was an, an older guy. I think he was a former coach, former scout, something of that nature. And he was talking about, I believe it was when Shanahan was with Houston. Think it was when he was with Houston. They said that they were in the room, in the draft room, and they're like Shanahan. So who are you going with? You going with this receiver or whatever? And he's he's real young. I think that was I think that was his first job. I, I might be wrong. But one of his first jobs in the NFL in Houston, like 07, 08, that that type of time. And he's like, no, you go pass rush. You build a team through a pass rush. And he said right then that was one of the moments where he was like, he knows what he's doing. Because he is so smart. He might be this, oh, he's an offensive guru, right? Oh, he wants to, like, carve you up with passing games. He wants to pe- – people have this perception of Shanahan. Like, yeah, he wants to pass the ball. You know, he wants to he wants to win like he did in, in Atlanta with Matt Ryan. No, that team was built that way because they have Julio Jones. You know, they have these stars. And he was successful there. But what he wants to do is he wants to have prolonged success. How do you do that? You build through the trenches, you build through the run game, and you build through the defensive line. And he knows that. And he – and he understands that there's so many, so many teams that don't. And 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 like, it may you might seem like I'm like oversimplifying this, but he's very good at what he's doing. You know, he he targets specific needs, specific spots. He tries to acquire specific strengths. So that was you're talking about plug and play, like just yes, not to go off on a tangent there, but like I don't know, it, it's really important, and he does it really well. Yeah. Now I I like all of your points. The 49ers have all of the tools in place to have 
a beta Patriots dynasty. But it's not going to happen. It will not happen. And before I get into my main reason as to why it won't happen, I'll bring up some kind of smaller points. Injuries. Very detrimental to a system. And when you have a lot of plug-and-play guys, injuries are still able to hurt you. Okay. D. Ford, big injury history. Jimmy had a big injury. Those are the type of things where even Kittle has had some injury problems. Now, obviously, it's not that's not something where it's like, oh, they can't do it because they're going to get injured. No, it's just something that, like, when you're trying to build a dynasty, you have to hope that your, like, star players don't get injured for long periods of time. And I, obviously, I don't hope for that to happen, but it's something that you have to keep in mind of. This isn't like a like a guarantee, but they have the tools in place. They've got the system, the coaching, the ability to do that. The, but The one thing, before you move on, the one thing I have to say is I think the Niners were the most injured team in the league last year. The Jimmy thing, that's separate. If your quarterback gets hurt, I would say, unless you're the Eagles and you have Nick Foles, I think basically every, every other team has crumbled. <laughs> or yeah. you've had some, some stuff happen where you kind of just, you, you know, like your team was not built on the quarterback at all. Um, but last year, the Niners team, I mean, they, at one point they had Kyle Juszczyk and George Kittle out, and that was the, the time where they were hurting the most in their run game. They also had two starting tackles out. And it didn't really affect them all that much. And so so I, I think that's a huge point, but, like, D Ford missed a ton of time. George Kittle missed, like, two, three games. Um, Sherman missed a game. Sherman missed a game when they played against Julio, and, and they lost that game. And, and Julio had, like, 13 catches or something absurd. But but they ran into so many injuries last year. I, I think they're the most injured team. So so besides Jimmy, I think they've showed like that plug and play ability where it's like yeah. let's oh Quan Alexander, another guy, misses almost a whole year. And then Dre Greenlaw, rookie fifth rounder, emerges, joins the Niners Hall of Fame yeah. <laughs> because he destroys the Seahawks. You know what I mean? Like so yes. it's very plug and play, but but go ahead. But plug and play, I will say, it doesn't last when you're doing that. Another guy to bring up that has had a lot of injury history is Jimmy Ward. Somebody who I know you're a big fan of. He's, I believe, last season was the like first time he's played like a real complete season. He's, he's been injured a lot, and he played a full season, and he was very, very good. But he's been injured. But the reason why nobody will ever be able to build a beta Patriots dynasty. Luck. You can't, you can't lie. The Patriots are the luckiest dynasty in the history of any sport not because they got lucky that they were good but if you look at the last 20 years of afc east football it's atrocious it's atrocious now let's look at the jets quarterbacks since 2000 vinny testaverde chad pennington mark sanchez Geno Smith, hey, they went to the Ryan AFC, Fitzpatrick. They went to the AFC Championship game with Mark Sanchez. Yeah, but that was behind a great defense, and that was a <laughs> one-off. And that was right before the butt fumble. <laughs> then then the Bills. Bledsoe, Trent Edwards, Fitzpatrick again, Tyrod Taylor. Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick, they've just been playing Fitzpatrick for so long. <laughs> now, the, now the Dolphins. Jay Fiedler, Chad Pennington, Chad Henney, Tannehill, 
Cutler, Osweiler for a little bit. Oh, God. They had some Fitzpatrick. They, they did have some Fitzpatrick. <laughs> there will never be another extended period where the entire division has the worst quarterbacks like that you can think of. If you look at the NFC West and just the quarterbacks alone, all of those quarterbacks are better than any of the quarterbacks that I just mentioned. Rookie Kyler, even even current... Um, Jared Goff? Uh, Jared Goff, yeah. I don't know why I was blanking on his name. Even current Jared Goff, I would take over any of the guys that I mentioned. And Jared, um, Jared Goff is a guy that everyone is like, oh, Jared Goff sucks. No, Jared Goff doesn't suck. He doesn't he's an suck. average quarterback, and he's better than any of the quarterbacks... To have played, like, obviously, like, Brett Favre played for the Jets, but that was bad Brett Favre. That was old Brett Favre. Same with old Drew Bledsoe. Like, this isn't, you're getting, you're not getting prime Jay Cutler. Like, even Jared Goff, the worst quarterback in the division, is still better than any other quarterback in the AFC East in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years, they haven't had, they haven't gone against a good quarterback. The Patriots were able to dominate. Here's how. They destroy their division. That is... Five, six games every single year. Boom. That all you need to do, you need to win seven games for the rest of the year. And they did that because they had all the right pieces. We talked about the pieces, the coaching, the plug and play, all that stuff. They're able to do that. And so what do they get? They get a first round bye. Boom. That's how they do it. That they didn't get a first round bye last year. They lost to the Dolphins. They didn't get the bye. What happens? They lose to the Titans. Because no, Bill no, Belichick does, I would say designs that's a scheme. Like, that's a little bit like the dynasty. Had oh, yeah, that like was, ending, yes. You know, like, yeah, that's um, fair. But, and now there's rule changes that are reducing point. the ability to have a first round buy. You have to be the one seed now to get a first round buy. That will make it infinitely harder to be able to build a dynasty because the Patriots did that dynasty off of getting first round buys scheming against the divisional opponent then winning in the AFC championship game. It's just that's just how they did it because that's that's what Bill's so good at. That's what Kyle can do that. We saw what Kyle did when he played against any of the teams in the NFC playoffs last year. He just schemed against them, dominated them. And you talked about earlier how the Niners they just rolled through the postseason. Why was that? They didn't play the team that was the best. Mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins put them in that position because he was somehow able to, for once in his life, in the primetime spotlight, he played well okay, for the but, first time. But here's the thing. He didn't win that game. It wasn't him that Oh, won. yeah. You know what but I mean? But he, he did win. He won a game. Don't, don't give I'm Kirk giving that him much his credit, props. Right? Don't give Kirk that I'm much credit. I'm giving Kirk his credit. <laughs> Kirk gets a lot of hate. But the Saints... The Saints I'm not going to say whether the Saints would have beaten the Niners or anything like that, but it would have made it a game. It, yeah. The Niners wouldn't have just rolled through the Saints. We saw maybe the best regular season game last season was the Niners-Saints game. Fantastic game. But you're not going to be able to roll through the NFC West opponents. Now, even if they win the games, they struggled against Arizona. They struggled against Seattle. They played solid against the Rams, but it's like those are teams where it's like you're going to have to play those two times every single year. And the Patriots were able to play against the Bills and the Jets and the Dolphins who are atrocious with bad quarterbacks that don't win football games. 
Mm-hmm. Well, when you're trying to win in a division against Russell Wilson, a rising star in Kyler Murray, and another quarterback that's actually been to the Super Bowl in Jared Goff and, and Sean a, McVay. They have good coaching staff, too. They all have good coaching staff. Yes. Um, Cliff Kingsbury is definitely, like, the youngest. Well, not say, the youngest. I would but say the, the verdict's still out on Cliff. Yeah. The other two guys have proven they're really good. Yes. And that's something that is very difficult when you're comparing, trying to build a franchise. Because the Patriots, the Patriots, the Patriots were great, but they got lucky. They got lucky that their division sucked. More than any division has ever sucked in the history of sports. Like, you just can't, you can't make up how bad they were. It's like the, the East of, of the NFL. <laughs> yes. They just, they just couldn't do it. Like, there's, that's the reason why they were able to be successful. Like, yes, Bill, Bill's a great coach. Brady's the GOAT. They've got Gronk. They've got all these guys. But they got to play against the worst competition in the NFL. Look at when the Patriots went 8-0 to start the year. Just like the Niners did. Patriots go 8-0. The Patriots played nobody. Yeah. Because they never have to. Because their division sucks. The Niners, when they went 8-0, it was much more impressive. They played against much better competition. And eventually, they obviously, they lost. But... They played against better competition, but going 8-0 for the Niners is way more difficult than when it is with the Patriots. Trying to be successful playing against scrubs is a lot easier than playing against the better teams. And the Niners may be able to win those divisions. They may be able to do it. They could win the division a lot, but it's going to take a lot more out of them. And there's still the Eagles. There's still possibly the Cowboys. Possibly the Bears. Possibly the Falcons. It, it down the line, obviously the Falcons are, right now aren't in a position to dominate. But basically, my whole point is, you need a lot of luck to build a dynasty like that, and that kind of luck doesn't come around very often. So I, I like your point a lot, and I think it's very, very validated. Maybe some Patriots fans listening to this really pissed <laughs> off. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I agree with that because. And I've actually said, I don't know if I've told you this, McConnell, but I've told some of my, my buddies that are Niners fans, the, the most important games of this season are the divisional games. Like, yeah. cool, they're playing the Eagles and the Cowboys. They're playing the, the Packers again. It's like, yeah, those don't matter as much as winning the division games. I'd rather see them lose to the Eagles and the Cowboys and beat the Seahawks twice. You know, like, I'd rather see them go 5-1, and 4-2 and two in their division. Like you, If you want to win the division, you have to go 4-2 or 5-1. and one. So that's a very good point because the Patriots were a lock every year to do that. Yeah. Except for some reason they'd lose to the Dolphins all the time. <laughs> yeah, they just can't win in Miami. It just doesn't happen. I don't know why, but... Hey, they won in that, that Super Bowl I was watching today in Miami. That was the Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, oh, bes- yeah, besides the point, though, I-, I think it's a very, very good point. And that's my point of... I don't think they're going to completely replicate it but i would say like more of my point is there i think they're going to be a team that's in it week one every single year when the playoffs start they're almost always in the playoffs the difference like like you brought up they're probably not gonna say that say they do go on like a 12-year dynasty right like they're in the playoffs 11 of 12 years or something similar to what the patriots did i mean i'm pretty sure the patriots were many many more seasons but there's going to be some wild cards tossed in there there's going to be some first round exits probably not 
you know, and, and so that's why my point is the light, and I think that's a good a good rebuttal that you brought up. There's there's a franchise that I want to compare what I think it'll be to. While they have the tools of the Patriots, I'm going to compare them to a team that won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years and lost one in the last 20 years. So they went to three Super Bowls, won two. The Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they had to play in a very tough division with the Ravens. While the Steelers were still better than the Ravens for most of those years, I compare the, the Ravens are kind of like the Seahawks of the of the AFC North, where it's like the Steelers every year for the last 20 years with basically Big Ben for most of that time. It's like Steelers are a contender. And they, they're, they're probably going to win the division. They're going to be a contender. They're going to try and take down the Patriots. Now, we're going to take the Patriots out of the equation yeah. in this. But... The Steelers are a team that I would kind of compare. If the if the Niners can emulate the Steelers' kind of success that they had in the AFC North, that would be a very very successful um, kind of campaign. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Do you like that comparison? I, I do like that, but my my reason why it was the Patriots was more of the style. Yeah. the the winning The winning ways that they that they build they they're winning like the building atmosphere, like how they make that team how they're not afraid to trade someone. You know, like, it's okay, like, look, man, like, we want you to say we're not going to sign you to a $20 million deal. You know, Bucknell, I'm sorry you're not that valuable to us. We can find a guy that that does your role. You know, like, we can do that. It's not worth it to, to sign you to that. Um, we're going to target these, we're going to target defensive line. You know, like, that, that, that just intelligence. I mean, I, I do like the Steelers. I think that's, I think that's solid. But the thing about the Steelers is that, look who they were losing to. You know what I mean? Like, they weren't, I don't really ever think like the Steelers like going into the year it wasn't like oh like the Steelers were the, no it's like the Steelers the Patriots and the Colts or, or the Broncos you know like it's not like and, and that's my point where and, and I guess it's hard to look five years into the future into the NFC but right now I just think it's like yeah the Saints and like maybe a couple teams can be surprises but like the Niners should be able to beat everyone except the Saints is kind of a toss-up. And, and that's just next year, so I'm definitely looking a lot into the future, but I just think that the way they build is that they're in it every single year. Where where the Steelers were, but it was more like the Steelers were the second fiddle. And I just don't think the Niners are going to be that because of where they build their team. That, that, that's more of my point. Yeah, that's fair. I think they definitely have all the all the tools that the Patriots had. Yeah, that's why, that's why I like that. And, and the reason, like I said before, is I was just watching the Patriots, and I was like, there's just something about this that like feels like the Niners are building something special, you know? And yeah. and a lot of teams I mean, look the Ram the Rams went to the Super Bowl, massive fall off, you know, like but the and maybe there's some people that don't believe in Jimmy. I don't think Jimmy's a Jared Goff type, you know, like I, I really believe in him. Um and that's a whole nother dis- the Jimmy discussion is a whole nother discussion to have. But I just was thinking about this today and I, I thought I'd bring it up for the the pod. Um with that said, I think we're going to wrap this one up. It was great having Makana on, non-Niner fan, to kind of give his input. And I think his input was very validated. I think he had a great point. Um, maybe it pissed off some Patriots fans, but that's okay. They've had a they've had enough success. They can, they can be pissed off. Um, and with that said, um, all you guys go. Follow The Worst Take Net on Twitter and The Worst Take Network on Instagram. And have a great rest of your weekend. Have a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. All right. See you, everyone.